I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. We're not you, You're Puerto Rican? Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. appreciate it if we would use the term biblical. Mucha crema tus tacos y se te quema el arroz. Hell yeah, mojono. Rather than just using the word before, uh, before. What's going on, mi gente? Welcome back. Long time. It's Long time. <laughs> I, first of all, I want to apologize for all our listeners because they've been waiting months, months for season three, and it's finally here. Bienvenidos. Welcome to season numero tres, number three of For Christ y Cultura. As always, for the new listeners and for the listeners that's been here since day one, all them a one since day ones. My name is Jonathan Gonzalez, a.k.a. John the Presby, a.k.a. The Biggest Little Nobody, a.k.a. I Love Tacos, a.k.a. Brown and Down, a.k.a. El Prask Procrastinator, a.k.a. Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> and I am here. <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez, he's not getting no canceled. One. All right, he's not getting canceled. We're keeping that alive. But anyways, this is not about me. Uh, I am here as usual with my co-host Caro, as always, aka from the 305, aka Pero Colombiana, aka the gospel gangsta of the East Coast, <laughs> aka how good enthusiast, aka kimchi on everything and everything on kimchi. If you have questions, you can you know message me and ask me about that. <laughs> Yeah. So welcome to the living room. Welcome to season three. Today is kind of special. I mean, I, I feel like I say that all the time. Today is special because we have, but it really is. I think every single one of our, every single one of our guests make, make this podcast special. And uh, so a couple of things about this season is that we're going to have a lot more guests. If you didn't notice Sway is not here right now. And that is because he's taking a little break from the podcast. So it's me and Caro, and uh, we're kind of taking advantage because since we're missing a third person, we're going to do a lot more interviews this, this season. Mm -hmm. So because we're going to be inviting guests, if you all remember from the, the promo for season three, we're inviting our guests to La Sala or the living room. And so... Yes, the theme is conversations in La Sala, yep. conversations in the living room. Let me yes. introduce our first guest in the Sala. So here he comes from the land where the wicked men roam. He comes from the city where you best believe is on. Señoras y señoras, please throw your hands up and let me hear you scream. What? San Diego straight giving it up. Our special guest, Frankie Sandoval. What's good, Frankie? What's what's good? What's good, y'all? What's good? What's good? I don't know if you have AKAs, bro. You have AKAs? Because I got some for you. 
Man, I AK. got a bunch of AKs. All right, dale, dale, let's do that's it. In my, that, that's in my old life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ. You okay. Know nah, 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 nah. I, I had a few AKAs. I had, you know, Frankie, Frankie Sands, Frank Nitty, Young Sick, you know. So those are pretty much the, the, ba- the basics, you know, growing up back in the days. Yeah, so I got AKA Frank Nitty, AKA San Diego's oh. Finest, AKA Mr. Oh, yeah. Spread the Word, AKA Young Sick himself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you cracking me up already, bro. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself later on in the episode? You're gonna expand more on just who you are and like your story. But for just the intro, just a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Who you are? Do you have kids? Do you have a wife? Do you? Where do you live? <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, my name's Frankie. I'm born and raised here in San Diego, California. You know, West Coast, SoCal, always sunny. The climate is great out here. Mm. You know, mm, uh, rubbing it in. Palm, yeah, land of palm trees and lowriders. You know what Ooh, I mean? Come uh, on. And, you know, just uh, it's that, you know, SoCal culture. Um, I'm married. I'm happily married. My wife, uh, we're about to be celebrating our fourth year anniversary, uh, April uh, 21st. Come on, somebody. Uh, you know, I got a, got a, a few uh, kids, two grandkids, you know, just blessed be, beyond measure. You know what I mean? Just a working man, just loves God, loves people, you know, and that's pretty much I just live a simplistic life these days. You know what I mean? So I guess we could talk about how, how we met. I met you. I, I actually don't really recall how specifically I met you, but I know for sure that we met because of a Facebook group called the Reform Latinos. Correct. Yeah. And I don't know. How did you even find out about that group, bro? I found out of the Reform Latinos. I want to say. Oh, I, I found out through uh, my pastor, pastor, the the. The infamous Presbyterian reformed uh, Presbyterian Adriel Sanchez, my pastor. Oh, <laughs> is that where you go to yeah. church? Yeah, that's why I go to church. Yeah, that's my pastor, Adriel. You know, the the gifted young brother. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I think it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was Adriel who who referred me to Reform Latinos because he's in there. I, I think he is. I'm yeah. pretty sure he is. Yeah, I added but him, yeah, bro. So, <laughs> I added did, him there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it was through Adriel. And then I invited another brother, too. But I'm pretty sure it was Adriel that invited me because, yeah, I think so. But that's how we met. And then, (laughs) yeah, and then, and then, like, what I I guess what really interested me of having him on the podcast is because I started following him on Facebook where I friend requested him. And, uh, you know, he he posts a lot of dope things. And then one of the things that he posted was, I think it was a post of you explaining to your coworker, like the long gospel, you were explaining to him how... Pretty much the gospel. I think I think that's mm-hmm. what you were posting. You said like I, I got a chance to share the gospel with my coworker, and mm-hmm. you drew this little thing, like a picture of. of a- yeah, it was just law gospel. It was simplistic as I could because I got, I got I, it was like the end of work. Me and my coworker were there. He's a believer, you know, but he doesn't fully grasp everything. And, you know, I've, I found that some of my coworkers, you know, they'll come and hit me up and you know, ask for prayer and stuff like that. But, you know, me and my boy, we're pretty tight. And, you know, I think he's more on the Pentecostal side, so to speak. You know, nothing to uh, my Pentecostal peeps out there, you know, it's all love. But, but anyhow, you know, he just doesn't he didn't fully grasp everything. You know what I mean, so I just was being led by the spirit, man, and just started breaking it down as, as simplistic as I could. You know, the ABCs of the faith, like law, gospel, like, you know, I was like Adam, Christ, second Adam. You know, I think I, I forgot what else I wrote. But but yeah, I was just trying to just break it down to him. 
man. We ended up spending like an hour after work just like just giving it to him. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And mm-hmm. and because of that Facebook post, he said he like because I thought his little graph or diagram, whatever that illustration that he uh, yeah. drew was super dope and simple. And I was like, bro, how how would you like to to get on the podcast and explain that for our listeners? And then <laughs> and then. Yeah. And then this is where I want to talk about, and I think we could lead us into the other conversation. But, but then he posted a picture. I think you were wearing like a Dice One T-shirt, and I was like, "Dang, that looks like some dude that I used to listen to back in the day." And then <laughs> I don't know. I think you posted something about it, but then, but then I saw you, and I was like, "That's Young Sick." And it all, cl- and, I, and, and I, I remember when I realized that I was just like tripping out, like, that's so crazy. That's so dope. Because for the listeners, we're going to get into it, but you know, you were a, a rapper, a West Coast gangster rapper. I don't know how, how I don't know how, you, how would you label yourself back then, bro? I don't yeah, want to. I mean, just, just me personally, you know, I, I think anyone who had the title of Mexican slash Latino, um, or they Chicano. were just getting. Or Chicano, yeah, you know, uh, they were just getting thrown in the category of Chicano rap, you know, mm-hmm. you know, right off the top. But like for me, growing up in the environment where I came from, uh, we didn't really want the label Chicano rapper. Like we wanted to be no more as like Mexicans and hip hop, you know, but we knew we were going to be in Chicano rap. We, I didn't have a problem with it because I knew that Raza was going to support anyway. You know what I mean? But we were trying to take it beyond Chicano rap, the, that little underground scene. We were really trying to hit like, you know, we were trying to get on BET. Like, you know what I mean? That was like one of my goals was to be that Mexican rapper, like on BET. Mm. You know what I mean? And so to have that distinct sound, you know, that's something that I really wanted uh, was to be that a Mexican in hip hop, but, you know, still be part of the Chicano slash Latino rap culture. You know what I mean? Because it's like a given, you know, if you're Mexican, if you're Chicano, (laughs) Boricua, whatever, Cubano, like whatever, you're going to be labeled in Latino rap, like period. You know what I mean? So I already knew that was going to be a given, but my ultimate goal was to exceed that and hit mainstream and kind of like break down the wall, so to speak. And like, you know, all the other homies come in, you know what I mean? That was Mm -hmm. my goal at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I was having a conversation with you that how I see the similarities between the Chicano rap subgenre of hip hop and Christian hip hop, because because growing up like listening to that music, that's all I listened to growing up. I only listened to Chicano rap, but I remember hearing interviews and dudes saying, "Yeah, I don't want to be labeled a Chicano rapper. I'm just a Chicano that's in the in the rap game," you know. And yeah, it's funny because totally. that's exactly what. Like Christian hip hop artists like want to do too, you know. They're like, I don't want to be a Christian rapper. I just want to rap, you know. But I am a Christian, so like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like it's yeah. that struggle. So it's it's similar. And, but mm-hmm. but yeah. So Caro, you got you got a little game for us, right? I do, and I actually had four questions lined up, but because like I'm just excited to hear more about your story, I'll just do two, and then you can just like dive right into the. So if you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? Sunday school mm. class. Oh, that's good. It doesn't have to be like church related, but if it is, then it's, it's fine. I would. I probably. I have. A, I do have a passion. I've, I've found that over the years to literally just give the ABCs of the faith to people. I think what I realized over the years was broken my heart. Is you know being a Christian now, going on eleven years. I mean, actually saved like for eleven years, going on 11, 10, 11 years. That I started realizing that there were a lot of people who didn't even know the basics of the faith. You know, mm-hmm. and and for me, it was like I, I felt this burden on my heart, 
You know what I mean? That I was like, man, like, like, like they need to know this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you can't just go to church and like check the box and just leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's more to this. So, you know, like a, a question that I would like ask a lot of people, I'm just, just like not trying to put nobody on blast when I was talk, what I would talk to, uh, to certain people, but I would literally tell them like, like, you're a Christian. They were like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so what do you identify as? Do you identify as a Roman Catholic or a Protestant Christian? And people couldn't answer that question. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, there's a difference. You know what I mean? And people couldn't answer that. So you didn't want to tear nobody down and like, you know, break somebody down mentally already. But that's when I realized that, man, like people just need to know the basics. Like, who is Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what is the Trinity? Like, you know, like, what are you saved from? You know what I mean? Like just basic questions. So anyhow, <laughs> to answer your question, I think it'd just be a simple, like simple class, just basic stuff. You know what I mean? Not not too complicated. You know, not talking about like super lapsarianism, all this big old word, you know what I mean, <laughs> type stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just simple stuff. You know what I mean? The gospel is, is simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Cool. Dang, bro. See, that's <laughs> why I wanted to have him over, you know, exactly, because that's exactly what we're doing, bro, with this yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. literally our heart. And yeah. it's that because, you know, where we're from, the, the tradition of Christianity that we're from, it's very intellectual. You, you could go mm-hmm. crazy, bro, in, in, in every little detail of, of the faith. But I think, like you were saying, the simplicity of it and and uh, and yeah, just people don't even understand like the ABCs is 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 wild. So that's what For Christ Cultura is all about, bro. So, hey, man, man, that's what's up, bro. That's what's up, Caro. And then the last question is, if you could choose any person from history to be your, it says imaginary friend, but that's weird. So just your friend, who would it be and why? Who would you like to just kick it with? Anybody in history, Man. bro? Anybody? <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ. It, 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 Jesus Christ, Jesus my Christ. Lord and Savior. I mean, Christ is present right now, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Um, You're kicking it with him every day. Yeah, so I'm kicking it with him 24-7, you know? So, yeah, of course, I think that would be every Christian's goal is to be in the presence of the Lord, you know what I mean? But, you know, the Spirit of God dwells within every believer. But if there was, like, some, like, influential person, man, I don't know, man. That's a tough question. I mean, I was thinking, like, (laughs) you know what? (laughs) I'm really thinking, like, Apostle Paul... You know what I mean? The, the Apostle Paul, man. You know what? It, this is going to be funny because it just hit me out of nowhere. But <clears throat> I remember reading the Bible. I think it was first or second Samuel. And I remember David and the Israelites are bringing back the ark. Right. And and Uzzah, he touches the ark and he gets zapped and yeah. he dies. Yeah. Boom, like he's gone. I remember reading that for the first time and I'm like, man, why did that dude die? Like he was just trying to do something good <laughs> and prevent the ark from falling, you know? And I'm like, I remember telling myself, I'm like, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask that dude like, man, bro, why didn't you try to touch it? <laughs> but it's just something that just hit me out of nowhere right now because I remember thinking like that back then. But I would, you know, besides Uza, I would say probably like, yeah, either the Apostle Paul or I would have to say, I would probably say Calvin. You know what I mean? And the only reason I would say Calvin. Now, are we talking about just Chris, people in general, like just Christianity? Nah, nah, in anybody, bro. Anybody. Oh, You're man. like Tupac. <laughs> Bob Marley. Like, 
Tupac or something. Or, uh, <laughs> there we go. That's the answer yeah. we want. It is a Christian show, yeah. but we really want to know what's in your heart, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if it came to a hip hop head or, you know, I don't know, just that's a tough one. But yeah, it'd probably be like the Apostle Paul. You know, I've always been curious who the, who the writer of Hebrews was, you know, um, but but you know even Calvin man just to ask him like bro like your your intellect like the way you write is so confusing like it's so <laughs> hard to understand like when I read Calvin like I have to read it like three times yeah mm. you know what I mean like and, slowly I'm and, like okay what did he just say and that fool was only like twenty three or twenty two when he when he Straight when he book. wrote yeah man uh, the the Institutes of the Christian Religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently the back then, like, people understood that very clearly. Like, it's us yeah. who, mm-hmm. like, are just, our English is kind of plain. And so to us, it's very difficult. But I remember my pastor, Aldo, like, mentioning that one time. He's like, did you know that people back then would just read this like nothing? And we're here like, ah. Uh. We're here like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. Like, right? So let's get a quick little lesson real quick, right? Okay, so wait, like, hold up, hold up, hold up. So if anybody doesn't know who we're talking about, who who, who the hell is this Calvin, dude? We're talking about John Calvin. John Calvin. Yeah, so look, you, you can look mm-hmm. that up. Nah, look I'm not going to do yeah. it. We don't have time for that. But you can look up John Calvin. That's who we're talking about. Go ahead, bro. No, but just, just, no, just a quick little... I'm trying to piggyback on what she was saying was they were reading that daily. And it's, it's like people in Calvin's days were grasping that stuff because they weren't blinded by like iPhones and Facebook and Instagram and all these distractions and stuff, you know, like they didn't have the TVs, they didn't have the radio, they didn't have all that stuff. It's, you know, you go back to your your room and light a candle you know what I mean? <laughs> and just read for freaking 12 hours, you know? Yeah, no, that's true, bro. It's very you know? true. Beautiful day in San Diego, in San Diego, riding with the top down, windows low and back bumper just scraping the ground. Just a beautiful day in San Diego, in San Diego, not a cloud in sight. It's not- so I think now we get to the the meat of the conversation. So we know you are from San Diego. Yeah, oh, I grew up in the area of southeast San Diego, southeastern part of San Diego. Okay. Okay. Pretty much just, uh, I mean, we would call it like the South Central of San Diego, so to speak, you know, because you have like you have North, North County of San Diego, you have East County of San Diego and you have South County of San Diego, you know, like Central San Diego. I think we're more like Central, Centralist kind of mm-hmm. like. So, yeah, I, li- I grew up in the southeastern part of San Diego. Okay. Were your parents also born in San Diego or were they born in another country? Yeah, so my mom and my dad are both born in San Diego. Oh, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. They're, so they're both born in San Diego. My mom and dad speak fluent English, like no accent or nothing. Just, I mean, my dad's more ghetto than me. <laughs> you know, you know, me and my dad have our own little slang and stuff. You know, my, my mom and dad are both saved, you know. Oh, really? I mean, pretty much. Yeah, my mom and dad are saved. It's, I mean, if you want me to touch on that later, uh, I, it's it's interesting Let's how the Lord used me to bring, you know, everyone to salvation, you know? Wow. So how was uh, it growing up in Southeast San Diego, bro? Tell us a little bit about your, just, just how you grew up, your childhood. My dad was a working man. My mom was a working woman. I got, I got a brother and I got a sister, so I'm the oldest out of three. My dad always was at work, you know? We, we had a big family, too. Like, I got, like, 
bunch of cousins, aunts, uncles on my dad's side, you know. And a lot of us grew up on the block. My grandmother lived on the block. My grandfather, I had a tia, I had an uncle, I had another, I had like a bunch of cousins and aunts on like on, on the block. And then as you got older, you know, people ended up leaving and stuff and moving buying other houses and stuff like that. But it was a really big gang infestation, a gang culture in that vicinity, you know, you know, me being uh, grown up in the eighties as a young kid and, you know, and then a teenager in the nineties, but seeing the explosion of like crack cocaine, methamphetamines, heroin, and all that stuff. I mean, I would literally walk around the corner as a kid, like riding my bike, uh, you know, with the neighborhood kids and just see, you know, dudes just slanging crack, like right, right in the middle of the street. You know what I mean? Like literally just, just slanging crack on, on, on the corner, like nothing. You know, that, that was in the era where, you know, everybody had the boom boxes, you know, the loud boom boxes and stuff like that that and so I, I grew up literally around the corner where there was a lot of bloods you know there was a lot of like damus you know rasa was like still in the area but maybe a few blocks down so you know i went to elementary school with a lot of like bloods and stuff like that and obviously i you know i grew up with rasa too but it, where i was at there was a gang of bloods around there but yeah just you know i, I was that was the that was the time in the of that that lifestyle was the, the gang culture the the hip-hop culture you know Eze NWA had just came out. You know what I mean? You know, you got Too Short. You got like yeah. all these like West Coast rappers. You know, you got obviously you know you had your Dougie Freshers, your Rakim's, your Run DMCs, and stuff like that. But so then you know, fast forward into like the '90s, the early '90s. You know, that's when like West Coast hip hop became really influential. You know, you had like DJ Quick. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You had High C. You know what I mean? Like you know, then you had the explosion of Death Row. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so. I was, I was, I won't say I was like raised. Yeah, I was raised in church. My mom would take us to a Catholic church. You know, my mom went to Catholic school and the church was a St. Jude shrine. And it was literally like on the block, like in my neighborhood, like where it was like gang infested, like maybe like, you know, a quarter mile up the road, you know? And that's where like a gang of Rasa was at more right there. So, but I would go to St. Jude. I mean, I, I so I, I got baptized as a, as a baby, as an infant right there. I did my, 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 First communion, my confirmation, all that there. So my mom and dad got married at St. Jude Shrine. There's just a lot of history right there. You know, yeah, my yeah. dad in his old neighborhood, they used to have their meetings right there and stuff like that outside of St. Jude. So uh, I was raised like, you know, pretty much like 90 percent of Mexicans or Latinos in general going to Catholic church, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I had a ba ba basic understanding of God, you know. But my tia, my mom's sister was was a radical Pentecostal. You know, and oh, wow. I used to go to the yeah, I used to go to the Pentecostal church where growing up, and so my older cousins and we would all go. My little cousin, my tia. So anytime I would spend a night over there, she would like, "Hey, you're coming to church." So you know, and that's where I was seeing like yeah. all the madness over there. You know, you hear fire and brimstone preaching from the pulpit. You know, you're going to hell every day. <laughs> anytime you were there, you know what I mean. It was like you're going to hell. You know, so. But yeah, so I would go with my older cousins and then as I started getting my older, like, I would say like 13, my, my older cousin was like, I think he's five years older than me. So yeah, he was like 18, 17, 18. And uh, I started rolling like the neighborhood with him, you know, he kind of like fell out to church and bought his first Impala, you know, and we'd go cruise, we'd cruise an area out here called Highland Avenue. Highland Avenue was like the Whittier Boulevard of San Diego. Just do what we do. We were young, man. But that's kind of like where it all sort of like started. 
like, you know, going into the avenue of like the hood life. I grew up with a bunch of Damus and Bloods and stuff like that. And then, you know, my dad was an OG. My uncle was an OG. You know, my tia was an OG. A lot of my older cousins were OGs. So, like, I was very influenced by like a lot of like my dad my aunts my uncles because they were like we would call them triple ogs you know what i mean so yeah. my dad used to take me cruising when i was a kid so it was in the culture it was it was always around me bro og original gangster just like oh, okay. it just it just means like a, like a veterano veterano that's all you know what i mean yeah. just like a, a person that the, the people who come before you you know you pay you pay homage you pay respect to the the older ones who, who, you know that that's all it's just another way of saying veterano veterano so to speak you know Okay. I wanted to play uh, something real quick because we do have a segment called Song of the Week, and I forgot. I don't even know if I put anything, but but uh, it's. A, I just didn't ask. This. Yeah. So so I just want to play some real quick. It's not, it's not it's not long, but I want you guys to hear this, and I I think it will bless your soul. So hold on. Walking with Christ, a new life, yeah, my Lord, is hot still. A better life, now I have that's for real. You need a God, yeah, better hundred mil. And by the song's end, I hope you comforted within. He know everything you try and do. He had it planned out before we ever knew. By 21, so many times I could have been through. I guess you could say my life could have been done. Young enough to know that my life still shines, but still grown enough not to put tent on it. And now I'm peeping out the book of life called the Bible, and I'm studying the message that he sent on it. I ain't got no bright watch expensive shoes and socks. I don't buy out myself the false things that I'm not. I gave my life to pops. You know the one who's covered up in brightness with that white top. I know you like shut. You done been abused by the devil who's a liar but Christ is so nice. Your little homies gotta see the deal. Serving Christ where it's at. Homie, he's so real. Woo-wee! <laughs> oh man, you really busted Dang. that out. I don't even tell you. <laughs> So that is the got me all red over yeah, here. Yeah, bro. That, so, uh, that was you. A round of a round yeah. of applause for that, bro. Uh, That's awesome. So, how did you get into hip hop? Because, like yes. I said earlier, you were a rapper, yeah. or you are a rapper. Do you do you think you're a rapper right now? <laughs> Would you call yourself a rapper? Nah. Or not? You, you retired? Nah. Um, yeah, I've been. <laughs> I've been out the game so long, bro. I, I I really have. You know, there's been there's been from time to time over the years, people asking me to jump on a track or, you know, get back in the music game stuff like that. But you know what? It, it was a trip because like I pursued rap my whole life, you know. And and we'll go back to how I started in rap. But just mm-hmm. trying to like piggyback off your question, you know, I I tried in the beginning. I, I wrote some Christian, you know, hip hop and some Christian rap. You know what I mean? I recorded a few songs. I, n- I never put it out, but I was just at a at a. I think like for me when I when I actually got saved, it was obviously it's a it's a reality check because, you know, I I had a good name. I had a buzz going. You know, I, I was on the radio. Mm-hmm. I was rapping with like some pretty good artists. You know, and yeah. I had pursued that my whole, my whole life. And then, you know, you know how God brought me to salvation. Like He had to do a, a like a Saul to Paul, so to speak. You know, and Mm-hmm. I watched everything just like my whole life crash before my eyes and yeah just my whole world collapsed but you just realize like like 
I was going through this like, man, who am I? Identity crisis. Mm. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like an identity crisis of like, this is who I was and this is my reputation and this is my neighborhood and these are my homies and this is my city. Like, so I was very prideful because I wanted, I craved it so bad. Like that was my goal was I felt like I had the weight of San Diego on my shoulders. Like I wanted to put on for San Diego. Like I wanted to be that essay, that essay that rapper to put on for like SD, like put us on the map, keep us on the map, you wow. know? And, and I had all that ambition and all that, you know, that that was my goal. So, you know, and then when I got saved, it was just this, you know, this, this burden just lifted off me. You know what I mean? So I tried in the beginning, but something compelled me to stop. And I, I started looking at other Christian mm-hmm. rappers and yet they still had like this worldly aspect to them at times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wasn't trying to cast judgment or anything, but just saying like, nah, like something ain't right, you know? And yeah. I realized that one of my, one of many spiritual weaknesses was pride. And when I was in hip hop, I had this pride in me, this ego, like this, like, like I'm the hardest SA rapper out here. Mm. Like I'll destroy all these cats. Like at the time, you know what I mean? Like mm. that was my mentality. Like, like I'm a smash everybody. Like, yeah. like I'm the hardest rapper out here. I used to love that crowd and like the roar of the crowd and making people bounce yeah. and all that stuff. And you know what I mean? So it, it's a pride element. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, and, and and let's be real. You got, you know, I mean, I'm married now. I wasn't married then. But, you, you know, you got the females at the car shows and they're trying to holler and hang out and go to the after party and drink yeah. and all that stuff. So all that stuff was like, I realized like, dang, you know what? Like, I can fall victim. Yeah. I can fall really, really fast cool. in this Christian walk if I'm not careful. Yeah. And I can let my pride and my ego be my downfall i've tried to rap i mean there's even as we speak you know my boy dice you mentioned dice one earlier you know what i mean he got at me recently was like man i got this beat for you you know so i think for me over time i try to realize like how can i rap again you know what i mean like how Mm. can i be different but still sound effective you know and i like i think for me i don't want to force anything you know what i mean like i just want to you know i I do miss rap don't get me wrong but you know i got older man (laughs) i'm older now Mm -hmm. you know i mean i I go to work i'm tired you know what i mean i'm you know i'm definitely not the young you know inspiring like as far as like hip-hop and all that stuff like you know the 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 Lord He removes your desires and He re, and He places His desires in you. Mm. You know what I mean. And I found a desire I never had, which was this desire to know Christ more through His Word. And I found myself reading more. So reading became my hobby. You know, I was just buying coffee all the time and reading the Bible. And I remember asking God, like, I want to know who you are. Like, if you're real, like, show me. Like, you know what I mean? So I went through this whole, like, break, got broken down transformational process, you know. So I I definitely want to do music again, you know, from time to time. But I just ain't rushing it, you know. So how big did you make it? Was it was it strictly just like San Diego, Southern California? How how would you say your success in in that time was? Well, I'll say like this: If Carlo didn't hear about me all the way in Miami, I didn't make it that big. 
<laughs> no, but you know, I didn't make it big, bro. I had a buzz, you know. I would say I have some 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 music with I'm are you familiar with Kid Frost? Yeah. Okay, I, I got a song with Kid Frost. I got a song with my boy Sig Jackin. Sig Jack? Yes, yeah, Sig Jackin was my boy, man. When I lived out in LA for two years and Sig Jackin he just showed me so much love, bro. Me, me I, I knew Jack for years, you know. He was a big supporter of the clothing line and everything too. So I mean I had songs with like Sig Jackin, Kid Frost. I would do concerts down here locally for like uh, there's a big rap artist down here his name is Mitchie Slick Mitchie Slick is you know he came out with a group called uh, Under Exhibit called Strong Arms Teddy Gang you know so I knew Mitchie personally I grew up right around the corner from Mitchie I went to school with like half of his homeboys from from like I told you I grew up with a gang of bloods you know what I mean so I went to school with all them cats I, we all played Little League Baseball growing up in Little League Baseball it was just nothing but just just bloods and essays you know what I mean so but uh, so I was always doing concerts with like the you know the bloods uh Ross I was doing on tour with you know whether it be like with Shadow I did songs with Little One Night Owl you know all, all those cats I did a few concerts on tour with Little Rob we went to Reno to Vegas yeah. and Phoenix and Tucson would always give it up yeah heck I mean yeah, bro. always bro like they just love to see Ross out there bro when I was mm. on tour and rapping I would have a big old crowd like you know, I, I think I opened up for Tupac's Outlaws one time in Tucson, Arizona, you know, and they brought Napoleon from the mm -hmm. Outlaws, you know, and the crowd was just huge. I, I went out there with Dope House Records at the time and, and did some songs with like Juan Gotti. I think SPM was already locked up, so I didn't get a chance to meet SPM, but Juan Gotti. So I would say I was more known like like the Southwest region of, of the United States, you know, California, Arizona, Nevada. Texas. I think my biggest, I had a single, I had a single and I started generating a lot of buzz. I had a single with Frankie J. So, okay, um, okay. you know, Frankie J. Yeah, Frankie J is my boy, man. He, he's a believer as well, you know. Is he really? Um, but Frankie... Yeah, Frankie's a believer, man. He's a, he's a believer. Oh. You, know? you can you can find him on Instagram. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a believer, bro. But I had, I had recorded a song with Frankie J. And right when I recorded that song... They had just had the other song, him and Baby Bash, you know, yeah. Sugar, 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 How You Get So Fly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that song was that song was <laughs> on the radio like everywhere. Me and Frankie J uh, called "Can I Take You Home," and it was a trip because it started getting a lot of radio play, like especially here in San Diego. I had San Diego locked up, man, because I mean I had it sold up because. You know, I, I knew the program director over there at Z90. They had another radio station called 98.9. You know what I mean? So I had a buzz here in San Diego. And then, like, you know, I was trying to get my stuff played out in L.A., which was really hard. Because if you didn't know anybody at Power, Power 106 at the time, yeah. it was really hard. But one of my friends, her name was Yessie Ortiz at the time. She was working down here in, in San Diego. But she ended up going to Power 106 out there and became, like, really big out in uh, Power 106. But... I was at a Hot 97, I think, out in Vegas. I was getting radio play. So, so me and Frankie J's song was getting a lot of uh, radio play, and it started hitting all the way out to Texas, you know? And then before I knew it, man, you know, his his label gave us, I think it was a cease and desist or something like that. I'm not sure. But they pretty much just pumped the brakes on that, that song. So you being in the rap uh, game, how did you feel like when you became a Christian? How did you feel about Christian hip-hop, bro? <laughs> and be oh, man, and be honest, bro. Right and be honest. So well, you know what, man? I'm gonna be honest. So we're we're, we're talking about Christian hip hop right now, like how I felt when yeah. I got saved. 
Yeah, like when you first heard like, okay. hey, um, and it's like, did somebody try to put you on Christian hip hop or like, how did you even find out? So I think when I got saved right away, right away, I typed in uh, gospel gangsters, you know, because that was like the only group. That was the only group. That was the only group that I knew, going, you know, going to my Theos church, you know, growing up. Gospel mm-hmm. gangsters been around forever, man. Like oh, they, yeah. they, they've been around like, whoo. So they, they've been around for a while. So I'd always remember them. And even prior to my salvation, I, I always like liked them as, as a group, gospel gangsters, you know? So, but when I first got saved, man, I, I literally was like, people told me about this artist, that artist. And I was just like, man, bro, I was like, God, please forgive me, but I ain't feeling this. <laughs> like straight up, I was, I was just like, I ain't feeling this. Like, you know, and, and, you know, but, but then I realized, Hey man, you know, that was, why? Know, was, why? Why? Why, bro? God, what, like, what, working on my pride, you know what I mean? What was it? What was it about it that you didn't like, bro? <clears throat> I didn't like. I mean, honestly, I was so influential with the West Coast vibe. You know what I mean? So that, like, that song that you played. I mean, that's a Battle Cat track. Battle Cat is a producer for like Snoop and Dog Pound. You know what I mean? And mm. so, like, growing up in the West Coast, SoCal like lifestyle. You know, it's West Coast palm trees, white tees, chucks, all that stuff. So it's like that culture. You know, so like hearing this other like rap, you know, I just I, I couldn't vibe to I couldn't I couldn't like have my head like knocking back and forth. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was like no vibe to it. You know, I, I mean, I understood the message, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to rep Christ, you know. But when I first started hearing some Christian hip hop, I was like, man, turn that off. You know what I mean? And and I just remember like, just God forgive me. Like, you know, what I mean? I'm so sorry, but I just can't vibe to this. You know what I mean? So I would rather just throw on like some worship or something. You know what I mean? Like just some worship, you know? Mm. Dang, bro. I I had a, I cold, felt the huh? same way. Nah, is that, that's exactly how I felt, bro. I was telling you in that call that we I had like, that, nah, bro. Like the first person that I ever like heard to rap like Christian was Lecrae, and bro, I thought that dude was mad cheesy, bro. I, I, like I couldn't I yeah, couldn't yeah, vibe yeah, yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah. I just couldn't, bro. Like everybody tried, like, you know, all the all the Christian kids were all about it, and I just I wasn't feeling it, you know, because I, I was I was into, I yeah, like West. Heck no, bro. I was into like yeah, the same thing as you, bro. <laughs> West Coast rap, you know, and I was into Chicano rap at that moment. Like tough, bro. Like tough. That's all I. That's all I listened to. Uh. So when I moved over, I was like, what the heck? This is not even like the right style. It was like a, a different different feel yeah. of music. And uh, yeah. Well, look, real quick though, I was I, like when I when I was hearing the Christian hip hop, like you know, I was coming across like certain rappers here and there, and I was like, ah, nah, you know what I mean. And then I would literally like I would literally go back to listening to my oldies, you know, because oldies like they ain't got no cuss words, you know, it's all about <laughs> love stories, you know. So I would just go listen to my old because my, my, you know, when you get saved, it's like this whole transformation. And you're kind of like. Yeah, I can't listen to that. You know, like yeah. you know, you're you're literally like I was kind of maybe living by law without knowing it. Like I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't do that. Like oh my god, God's gonna get mad. Like you know what I mean? Like I can't do this. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of like going insane because I was like, man, what can I listen to? What can I? What can I watch? What can I? You know, like so it was just like walking on eggshells. So mm-hmm. but yeah, like I, I started listening to oldies and then. And then I think me and you talked about this, Jonathan. I came across this artist. Yeah, uh, say, say it because um, Caro Caro is yeah, seven. Okay. 
seven, bro. Like yeah. I came across seven and I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, bro, I can dig this. Like who, who, you know, who's this dude? You know what I mean? I can so dig this. I started, yeah. I started vibing at seven, bro. Yep. Yeah. I was just like, you know, I was like, okay, got the beats. You know, he's a West Coast rap artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's from Town. He's an ex-Blood, too. You know what I mean? So even me, like, growing up with a bunch of, like, Dom Moves and Bloods, you know, like, when I, when I found out Seven was was an ex-Blood, it was kind of like, oh, all right, that's that's my partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so to speak, you know? But but Seven's, seven's lyrics, Seven's vibe yep. was just so different from, like, all the other Christian rappers. Yeah. It's like you had this, you had this gangster rap. But it wasn't gangster. It was it was a message about salvation, yeah. about struggle, struggle, about imperfection. Yes. About looking at the one that would that would cancel your debt. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah. so I just identified with him. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is the cat that Me I can too, identify. Bro. So I was bumping mm-hmm. him like all the time, bro. We on the same level, bro. Cause that was if yeah, got him mm-hmm. too. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even into hip hop like that, but Seven, I I think just the way that he just articulates the gospel very well and it's just raw. Mm-hmm. And it's raw. raw. I like the greenness and, about it, yeah. Yeah, straight out raw. The, yeah, raw. The 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 and, struggle mm-hmm. element. Absolutely. Yes, he's so honest about just his struggle and about how big it just mm-hmm. magnifies the gospel. Even more. You know? Yeah. So what I was saying, you 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 just mentioned how you're sharing like a lot of like inside and like personal stuff, and so I'm remind I was reminded that you said that your conversion is kind of like a Saul to Paul type of conversion, and and so the fact that you're sharing all these things, it's like cool for I mean for us and the listeners to see to have some background as to like how like what the Lord like got you out of and how drastic it was, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did you, how did you become a believer, bro? How, how did that happen? What happened? Okay. Like I said earlier, you know, I was raised in a Catholic church. I think, you know, uh, you kind of had a sense of knowing right from wrong, you know, like God's law is in every, is in, is in everybody. Romans one, right. Everyone knows like the law of God, bro. You know, I think just in a, in a sense of, a moral aspect right you know right from wrong i definitely think the catholic church was like a you know a little foundation for me but going to matthias pentecostal church you know what i mean and and just hearing the word of god not fully grasping it didn't understand it because i was a kid when i left the church and started going to the streets and running around and doing my thing you know what i mean and i ran the streets for years man you know i, I wasn't just I wanted to clarify too i wasn't like this like hardcore gangbanger, you know what I mean? I was rolling with the hood, rolling with the homies, but, you know, I was always rapping. I was always working. I, then I started hustling a lot with the homies. So I was always hustling, bro. I was always trying to make money because I was like, man, if I ain't trying to work, I'm trying to get this rap game cracking and, and you know, rolling with the hustlers that were flipping birds left and right, you know what I mean? So I really had that goal in mind of just making it in the rap game. But how I got saved, you know, I think just just so uh, it was just a lot of things, bro. There, there was a I missed. I barely missed by the grace of God a federal indictment back in I would say like 2007, I believe, when a bunch of my boys got rolled up by the feds. I think like ten of them got cracked, eight of them or something like that. They got cracked, man. And those were all the, the those were all my boys that I was like always with, and you know, and and one of them happened to be the owner of my my old record label. You know what I mean? He got cracked, wow. and you know. Yeah, he got cracked. They sentenced him to like 10 years in the feds. and But they hit all my boys with like 10 years in the feds. And by the grace of God, me and my other boy, like, you know, we we, we never got questioned. We never, 
like nothing came my way, nothing ever. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, but, uh, but you know, I, I was laying low after that. And then I remember I, I bounced out to Vegas because I, like, I need to get out of SD. It's kind of hot right now. You know what I mean? Guys are just going down. So I moved out. I'm actually moved out to SD with Dice. You know what I mean? He had a little pad out there. He moved his clothing line out there temporarily, you know? So I moved out there with him. I couldn't handle Vegas. I was just over Vegas. It was too hot and it was too cold. So I ended up coming back to SD like five months after something like that. So then I come back to SD and it's like still hot out here. I'm like, man, I got to go. So then Dice offered me a position with his clothing line. He said, hey, let's let's get you out in L.A. and let's get you as a as a as a sales rep out there. So, so, so like, All right. quickly for the listeners that don't know and some of them might know Dice, what he's talking about is a is a big it was big in the West Coast. And it was big for a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Dice yeah. One Clothing Streetwear. Mm-hmm. It was like Dice mm-hmm. One Streetwear. I just remember the 2000s, bro. Just like the big shirts with the, like, mm-hmm. you had a whole bunch of, like, designs on the t-shirt that were w- super West Coast. And, and uh, they yeah, were really just hood, hood, hood clothes, bro. Just yeah, streetwear. Yeah. yeah, hood clothes right there. Yeah, it was just, yeah straight hood Dice clothes. Dice One. Well, it used to be called Ruin back in the days. Ruin clothes. You know what I mean? And then it turned into... Dice one clothing, but anyhow, I'm just trying to paint a quick picture. So I I, I leave Vegas, <laughs> I leave SD because it's too hot. Guys are getting cracked, you know. I'm over here like I need to get up out of here. I need to lay low. I moved to Vegas. I couldn't handle Vegas. I come back and then I moved to LA like right after that, you know. And, I'm, and I live in LA for two years, and just I remember just like I I check this out. I was driving on the freeway one day, and I felt like this this just this weight on me like i remember feeling like man i'm tired of looking over my shoulder i'm tired of wondering if my phone is tapped i'm tired of always trying to be 10 steps ahead of the game you know what i mean and trying to outsmart the law and stuff like that and i would just start feeling like i couldn't explain it bro i just feel like 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 a weight on me you know what i mean and, and my tia, my cousin, had cousins that were like, hey, we're praying for you. Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, man, get out of here with that stuff. I don't want to hear, you know, your Jesus stuff right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was out in L.A. and I was out there with like, you know, out there with Sick Jack in and all the L.A. homies out there, Cycle Realm and stuff like that. And we were pushing the clothing line and everything. And mm-hmm. so, but they would always be hitting me with Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, man, leave me alone. You know, it's like, you know, I couldn't run from the Lord, bro. And like, I remember... I, I pulled over on the side of the freeway because I felt like death was coming for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't explain it. Like, death was coming for me. And, like, I got, like, really scared out of nowhere. And I called my, my tia, my Pentecostal, and I always call her my Pentecostal tia. And I called her, and I was like, hey, tia, I go, man, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm tripping right now, tia. Like, I'm like, and she's like, come on, let's pray. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, she's a radical, you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. pray. So I'm like, she prayed for me, bro. And I, I remember just like, thank you, Tia. Thank you. And I felt like a peace, bro. And I was coming from L.A. to San Diego and I pulled over like halfway. So then, I, you know, I ended up com- coming to San Diego, whatever. And then so I started like praying to God. I was, I was visiting this small little church, you know, I was still in the world. And but I just felt like God was drawing me. When we talked about earlier, like God was drawing me, bro. Like mm. and I was having like these these conversations with myself, like. Like, I can't change. I'm a rapper. Like, I can't change. Like, I'm from the street. Like, I can't change. Like, this is who I am, you know? And, like, I knew, bro. Like, I was, like, in this war, spiritual. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. But but I, I felt like I had this more weight of, like, identity, like I said earlier, of, like, like nah, like, like 
man, I've been rapping my whole life. Like, I'm like this close. Like, like I got to make it, you know? But, like, dude, I was just like, I felt like something like drawing me, bro. And I was fighting. And I was resisting. You know what I mean? But I knew deep down, like, I was starting to get tired of like, the street life. Like, I was getting tired of it, bro. I couldn't explain it, you know? And I, and I love the streets. Like, yeah. yet I was somehow becoming yeah. tired or burnt out. Like, it didn't make no sense. Like, I love the streets. Streets is my home. I used to be in the streets so much I never came home. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was one of my raps. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but but it was true. Like, I have a song on one of my old albums called Street Love, you know? And it's talking about me divorcing the streets before I was saved. And, you know, what do you know? Like, you know, I'm saved now. So I was just broken, bro. I was trying to hide it. You know, and then this out of nowhere, God just sends this huge storm. I remember praying before that. And I remember asking God, like, God, I want to change. I don't know how. Like, it was kind of like, how can I still be in the streets and still go to church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't negotiate with God, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I mean? So, so it was like one or the other, you know, and I just remember, I do remember praying. And I was just like, I was like, God, like, I want to change. I don't know how, like. Like, I don't know how, like, I really don't like, this is all I know. I, I like, I just want to change. I don't know how or what or how I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And I think, bro, like within a month or maybe a few weeks, I had like, uh, I had this storm just thrown at me, bro. I, before I knew it, I, I caught a case out there in LA. I was being charged with, with two GBIs that carried a minimum, uh, a sentence of six years in, in state prison. Uh, GBI is great bodily injury, assault, assault with a deadly weapon, assault and battery, all that. And I was, I was, I was broke. I was, I'm not broke, but I was, I had just lost my job. I was starting to, I was starting to sell dope again. Like I was starting to bring SD homies out to LA and start trying to connect with certain cats out there to start moving dope and everything. I was selling a lot of bootleg clothing that I was getting from the downtown LA alleys, you know? And I was just like, you're just tired of like trying to stay ahead, you know? And, but yeah, like, I caught a case out there and I was just like, all right, cool, whatever. I went to LA County jail for a few days. That was a big wake up call. Cause like I, I hated jail, you know? And then I got released out on bail and then I lost my apartment. <laughs> like my car got repoed. You know what I mean? I lost everything. I had, I had no, I had no money. I had no car. I had no job. You know what I mean? Like then people weren't talking to me. I don't know if they thought I was hot or something. You know what I mean? Like, so like, like I didn't have nobody, you know what I mean? I was tripping out. And you know, the crazy thing is the case that I caught, I was taking a rap for somebody else, Mm. you know, Mm. like I didn't even do anything. I just happened to be at the wrong place, wrong time. Somebody else did something and I'm the one that got cracked for mm. that other person. And, you know, the code, the code. I was just kind of like, yeah, you can't say nothing. And I'm like, man, yeah, you know what I mean? So I was like, man, I'm about to go do all this time for the homie. And I was just sitting in the car, minding my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't even know. And like, before, before I knew it, LAPD had came down and drew their guns on me. It was raining, it was pouring. They surrounded my car. They had, they had all their straps drawn and everything. And I was just like, man, bro. So anyhow, that's how God started getting my attention. So I got out, I got mm. out on, on bail. And it was just like, I was like just this Lone Star Ranger. You know, I had no money. Like, I got, I lost my apartment, got my re- my car repo. Like, there was people not talking to me. I'm like, everyone's acting funny. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the heck is going on? I'm fighting this case. I didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? So, yep. 
I was still kind of being hard headed, bro. And then I, I, I had to move back in with my mom and my dad. And that like really like humbled me. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to move back in with my mom. My dad got my own one bedroom apartment in downtown LA with a rooftop pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now I'm going to go share a little uh, room over there. My mom and dad's house is a grown yeah. man. So I was like, oh man. So anyhow, just to, to kind of like sum it up, it really hit me, bro. When my mom and my dad, they were telling me, mijo, can you come to church? And I'm like, I ain't going to go to church now, now that I caught a case and now I lost everything. Like, I ain't trying to be no hypocrite. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. And they're like, no, yep. you're, not a, you're not a hypocrite. Just come to church, please. We love you. And I'm like, nah, I ain't trying to go to church. You know what I mean? So then my cousin would invite me to church. And he was like my older cousin. He was a really cool cat. And he was going to this mega church over here in San Diego. And I told him, okay, bro, like, I'll go to church with you. You know what I mean? Mm. So when I went to the church, this pastor was just really like a gifted, like, you know, he spoke good, man. And I was drawn by his message because he wasn't like the fire and brimstone preachers that I would hear in the Pentecostal church. Okay. You know what I mean? He was more of like, you know, you know, just just like clap, you know, the mega church experience. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, it's just pretty cool, you know. And then my cousin, I started working with my cousin in construction because I needed money. And so he would invite me to church every Sunday. So I said, oh, I start coming to church with you. And then, but you know, I was like, man, I was still resisting. I'm like, nah, man, I don't, don't want to be like this hypocrite. Like now yeah, I got yeah. all these problems and I want to go to church, you know? And I just remember, bro, like it was one day I see my mom crying, bro. I kind of get emotional and think like this. So excuse me. But I, I see my mom crying, bro. And I was walking in the hallway and I see my mom praying by her bed and my mom was crying. And it just hit me, and I'm like, I'm like, Mom, why are you crying? And then she's like, because you're probably going to go to prison for something you didn't even do. You know, and I was like, I was like, Mom, that's the code. That's the code of the streets. Mom, like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do do that. You know what I mean? I got to roll with it. And she's like, yeah, but where are your homies at? <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't had no homies. You know what I mean? Like, nobody was even reaching out to me. Like, hey, dog, you need some help with, like, bail money? You need some help with, like, a lawyer or anything? And I, I, I know I know the code, bro. Like, when, you, when you're in the streets, you're on your own, bro. Like, yeah. when you catch a case and all that. If a couple of your homies come through, they come through, you know? Mm. But a lot, of my, a lot of my boys were already locked up. They were gone. I only had a handful out here, you know? But anyhow, my mom was just hitting me with some knowledge, bro. And I told my mom, I said, I said, mom, I'll try to change, mom. You know, I do want to change. My mom was like, you always say that you're going to change and you never do. You know, and she was just crying. You know what I mean? And like, like it, I think that's when God opened my heart to realize, like, look at you. You're living selfish, Frankie. You don't care. And you don't care if, God forbid, you get killed on the streets or you go to prison because you're living this hood lifestyle. But what you're forgetting is you're living a selfish life because there's other people who love you. So we never think about the repercussions yeah. and the people that we're affecting out on these streets, bro. So it was like a veil removed. Like, damn, man, I've been hurting my mother all these years. Like, my mom is suffering. My mom's praying for me all these years, you know? And I, I just broke, bro. I was like, damn, I'm hurting my mother, you know? And like... And even my, my dad was hurt, bro. He was like, damn, you're going to go to prison and do all this time for something you didn't do. And I was just like, it is what it is, you know? So I gave my mom my word. I said, look, I'm going to do my best to change. I'm going to get out the streets, mom, and just start a new life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I just tried to say, like, whatever. But like as I was, so then I started, you know, going to church more with my cousin. You know, I responded to the altar call after, like, maybe three or four months, went down the aisle, raised my hand, all that, you know? Like, 
and but but I had already knew God. Like I told you guys earlier, like yeah. I knew, like I grew up in the church, bro. Like I heard the gospel, I heard the message. You know what I mean? It just, I, I even in the streets when I ran in the streets all those years, like. I knew right from wrong. Like when the homies would stomp, stomp a cat out or beat somebody down the streets, I was kind of like, right, man, let him go. Like, that's enough. Like, like, why am I the one with the heart? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I'm like, oh man, like, dang, they stomping this cat out or they beating this dude down or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like, so, but, but yeah, so I ended up giving my life to Christ at the mega church. And right away, I got plugged in the ministry, you know, and God had to strip everything from me, like the rapping, the the streets, the the car, the house, the, had removed friends out of my life, removed the uh, relationship that I had at the time, like everything, bro, like everyone walked out on me. I mean, literally people walked out on me, turned on me, bro, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I, I had... No idea. I would hit, you know, I would hit somebody up this now. Like, oh no, nah. I don't know if they thought I was too hot. Maybe, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe the the, the police were watching me or something, you know. So nobody mm-hmm. wanted to talk to me. But, but anyhow, I gave my life to Christ, you know, at a mega church here in San Diego, man. And I got plugged in with the with the Bible study. Didn't know anything about the Bible. Started reading the Bible and just started attending these Bible studies. And you know, I, I remember I ran into a couple of homies from time to time. They're like, "Oh yeah, this fool's going through a phase. Yeah. Like he'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he'll be back. He'll be back to the streets." And you know, and I'm like, "Man, I hope I don't." You know what I mean? But yeah. I just remember giving my word, giving my word to my mother, man. You know what I mean? I gave my word to my mom that that I, that that I'm not gonna make you suffer no more, mom. You know what I mean? I, it broke my heart to see my mom crying. So I, that's how I got saved, man. You know, in a nutshell, yeah. just like God was just working on me from a while back bro you know it's just crazy i say this like all the time when people share their testimonies but like a lot of it we can relate to because god's relentless pursuit on our lives and how we see how we see like even even when even those little seeds of 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 the gospel that we knew or the little truths or even like that romans one passage that you brought up like everybody know that there's a god everybody knows right from Mm -hmm. wrong like that's what the yeah. law does, right? The law is supposed to mm-hmm. bring you to Christ. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like, it's it's crazy seeing how God's fingerprints, to put it in our language, has been mm-hmm. there in mm-hmm. the beginning, yep. following you, chasing you, and, and, mm-hmm. and protecting you, bro. Pursuit. Protecting you from, mm-hmm. from catching cases to catching bodies to catching oh, whatever. Bro. All those things, bro. God has been so good in, 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 in never giving up on you. Bro, you just hit it right on the nail, bro. Like, I remember when I got saved, bro, like, and I was literally, like, looking back, and I was like, bro, I remember literally telling myself, like, God, that was you. Like, mm. like I get emotional just thinking about it. Like, yeah. I was like, that was you that saved me from, like, yeah. not getting indicted. Like, like, dang, like, I was in a mix of that, bro. Like, I was, I was in a mix of that, bro. And me and another homie, like, never got sweated. No one ever came, like, nothing. Like, I remember thinking like 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 God pressed on my heart like remember that time when that guy rolled up on you and they and you were hanging out on the street right there on the corner and the van opened up and these dudes pulled a shotgun on you and they're like where you from fool you know what I mean and, and like I was thinking like dang bro like I remember seeing my life like flash before my eyes and I thought I was gonna get like just like I had a gauge put up pulled out on me twice like like point blank range within like six feet. You know what I mean? And, and I'm thinking like, man, but I remembered yep. all those times when I got saved. Yep. And what you just said, I'm just piggybacking what you said, Jonathan. Like, you remember like, dang, bro, like, that's why, like, you really have to look and be like, dang, bro, like, God is sovereign, bro. Like, God is 
too good and we don't deserve it. Yep. Especially here on especially here on Easter. Exactly. Like today's Easter, right? I mean yeah. I don't even like saying Easter too much. I like saying Resurrection Sunday, you know? <laughs> but we say the Lord's like Day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's cool, but I'm saying like we're celebrating the risen Savior, yep. bro. Like 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 you know, like he was crucified. Like he like Isaiah fifty three, bro, it's just like that should be us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like when I look back at like all my street stuff, like like I told you earlier, like I wasn't this gangbanger, like putting in all this mass work. Like, I was rolling with the dope dealers. I was rolling with the hustlers. Like I was trying to like make money and how to come up and rap and all that. Like rapping was my ticket out. But I was around. I had a bunch of like guys that was with the business around me, like 24-7, bro. And I think like a lot of my boys had a lot of love for me. They were like, man, it's the homie. He's a rapper. Like, you know, let him do his thing. Like he's putting on the neighborhood. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, you know, like I didn't have no easy way out. Don't get it twisted. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I caught a lot. I caught a lot of fades in the hood. A lot of fades, bro. You know what I mean? Like I was easy. I was with the business with the hands back then. You know what I mean? So I was always catching fades because I had haters too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, bro, like the, the situations that I see myself like, it's just, I can just say so much more, bro. How God is just like, like in a nutshell, like, like I, I never, I never went to prison, bro. Like there's so many times I could have went to prison and jail, like, you know, I, I went to jail briefly, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even, I call it a, a field trip. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a tour. You know what I'm saying? And like, I would always write all my boys locked up. I would always yeah. send them money in, like into the shoe or, or whatever. Like, I was always looking out for homies, like writing letters, like being there for them. So yeah. I look back then, I'm thinking like, dang, I always had a good heart then. I mean, no one has a good heart, but I'm saying yeah, like yeah. My, my heart was even like my love for my boys, my love for my, my homeboys. Well, I would shoot them kites. Like I would, you know, put money on their books I, when they would come home. Like I would make sure that they were good. They had some clothing some underwear like some some tank tops some t-shirts some socks like you know what i mean so i try to look out when i can so mm -hmm. you know what i mean I, I was a giver bro back then you know what i'm saying like you know i like to give now bro i like to give christ you know what i'm saying so but yeah bro you know what i mean and just to, just to sum it up i told you i caught that case i ended up beating that case you know i, I fought Praise that case God. for seven months i took i took it i took it to trial everything and then when they told me not guilty bro i was just like man my, you know who the only one was in the courtroom it's my mom and my dad. Yeah. It's my mom and my dad, bro. You know, and, you know, I, I, I hugged them afterwards, bro. And I said, let's get out of here, you know, because it was in L.A. And we went back to San Diego and we were driving back to San Diego. We pulled over on the side of the beach, bro. And we just started giving praise to Jesus. And my dad, my dad committed his life to Christ, bro, right after that. Wow. Wow. My dad committed his life to Christ right after that, bro. And he got sober. My, you know, my dad, you know, he used to, he used to do his thing. Like my dad was a working man. Like I told you guys in the beginning, yeah. but my dad, he used, to, he used to like getting high. You know what I mean? And I'm not, and I'm not talking about, you know, the green high, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> like to go and cop, cop his issue from time to time. Yeah. And, you know, and, but my dad was a working man, like a functioning, like dr druggy kind of, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom ended up quitting her job back in the days because I was always getting suspended in elementary school for fighting. So my mom had to be a stay-at-home mom when my dad worked. So my dad committed his life to Christ right after that. You know, my mom committed her life to Christ. And then my little sister seen everything what God did with me. And then my sister ended up getting saved. It was just like domino what? effect, you know? It was just God, God used me to draw others in. You know what I'm saying? And it's That's like, crazy, bef bef before we knew it, we were all saved. Like, you know, my brother, I got my little brother. 
you know, you know, I would say he's saved, but he doesn't fully grasp. He doesn't fully live it. You know, he's just a working man. He has a daughter and stuff like that. But so, you know, my, my brother's done the altar call, but he doesn't go to church. You know, I'm still working on my brother, but my sister's a believer. My mom's a believer. My dad's a believer. And like, you know, God just made our family. We were, you know, we're a good family, but we had a lot of problems. And then God turned all that around. We all got saved, bro. We all started going to church together it was just like man like you know what i'm saying like crazy bro bro like while you were while you were talking it just reminded me of this verse bro while you were saying that and even while you were breaking down a little bit the word of god in romans 5 8 says but god proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners christ died for us christ died for us and and that's the that's the crazy part about it bro i think that's while we were still sinners that like even though we weren't there yet even though we haven't made that full commitment like god's fingerprints were literally yeah, in our man. lives saving us drawing us it took years it took different things avenues churches people but god did that while we were still there he loved us that's how you know that that scripture before the foundation of the world he chose us in his son that's how that scripture comes in in bro because because even before I believed he loved me, bro, even before I spit in his face and I did everything contrary, he was there for me. Yes, bro. You know, and he saved me. Yeah. Like, and uh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, bro. And I, I, that's why I wanted to have you on, honestly. Because, oh, praise God, bro. Because, yeah. because I wanted you to share your story. That's why this whole episode was, was about your story. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I knew, like, a little bit of the background and I knew, like, dang, like, you know. And and then just to mm-hmm. see you now, bro, like like we said in the beginning, like you just kind of being on fire and 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 having this desire to teach teach the ABCs of the faith to to other people, and and it's just amazing, bro. Mm-hmm. From from mm-hmm. from rapping to to your crazy Pentecostal to <laughs> almost catching yeah. cases for somebody to beating a case, God has been faithful, bro, in your life, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I'm, Holy I'm, day of Gloria. Just again, thank you for for sharing your story. And as you were sharing, I was thinking about John's John's story and also Sway's and how I feel like at least I don't know if other people like feel this way sometimes, but I tend to compare just because I feel like my brain works in like categories. So like everything like falls into categories and so anyway as you were sharing I was just like comparing like your story with Sway's story and Mm. then and then thinking like wow like God is so he's so personable like he knew how to pursue you as Frankie he knew that he needed to have Mm -hmm. your mom broken there like that day Uh, he, he just knew exactly what he needed to put in your life in order to get you to where you are right now or where he has you right now and so maybe jail wasn't a part of that Mm -hmm. but for john jail needed to be a part of that and so i feel like as believers we sometimes tend to compare it's like man like why did god allow me to go to jail and like this guy didn't have to go to jail to become a believer i don't know if like other believers Mm -hmm. or listeners like think that way but i definitely like go into that rabbit hole where i'm like why, why do I have to struggle this way to like trust in you, Lord? And why do, why do they have it so easy? Mm. And so I was just like, as you were sharing and as I was there, like comparing, I'm like, God really like knitted us in our mother's womb. He knows our hairs. And I'm just thinking about like Psalm 139 and uh, being reminded of how, mm. how, I don't know if personable is the word, but how. Yeah. Like he, like he, he, he isn't just like, 
a god that just overall general creation like sustains it but he's actually personal like he's personal Uh, deeply involved sovereignly in your life Uh, yeah yeah Yeah, but when you look back yeah yeah. yeah. When you look back and, and, you know, you look at, you know, your own, you know, individual salvation, you're just like, man, dude, like, that's why like, I struggle so much because, like, you know, I think a lot of Christians, they, they like, for instance, like, you know, the Bible's clear about examining yourself, you know, before, you know, before you come to the Lord's table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're having, you know, the, the wine, bro. And like, I'm always telling myself, like, I'm unworthy, but I'm only worthy because of Christ. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you know, I'm I'm unworthy, Lord. Like I'm, you know, I mean, the Christian heaven says he says this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I got a shirt that says that, bro. <laughs> so we do this thing on the podcast. It's our last segment. It's called theology for your back pocket. And Caro, explain to the listeners, new and old, and to Frankie, what that is. So it's basically a bite-sized portion of our podcast where either our guests or anyone who, any one of us would kind of sum up what was discussed in the podcast in our conversation into something that we can give the listeners to take and basically put it in their back pocket. Okay. Okay, I'm going to break it down, right? Here we go. Here we go. So, I'm just going to like this. This is this is easy for your back pocket, okay? For your back pocket. God is is always pursuing, okay? I didn't realize it then, okay? But God is always in pursuit of his elect, okay? There is a general call and there is an effectual call, okay? Whom the Lord calls to himself he will draw to himself and they will respond to the gospel. Okay. So everything we talked about today that, you know, the reform camp loves to use the word God is sovereign. You know, the, the, the reality is yes, God is sovereign. And there's, there's no, the, the believer never comes to God kicking and screaming against his or her own will. Okay, but rather God's pursuit of that individual. And when that person comes to saving faith, they run towards the cross of Christ because they realize Mm. that they had nothing to do with their salvation, Mm. that it's a it's a monergistic work of God and God gets all the glory. So it all comes back circle what we talked about, that I was pursuing God. I had a, a, a general knowledge of who God was, but not a, not, not a, I wouldn't say a full saving faith and understanding knowledge, but I had a general knowledge. Romans one, right? We talked about it earlier. Everyone knows God, you know, God's fingerprint is everywhere around through nature in the sky. Psalm 19 talks about it, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. Okay. So that if, if, if you are called, you will respond and, you will be saved by the grace of God. So as like we like to say, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone. God bless you guys. 
<laughs> and that, my friends, that was, awesome. was Frankie, a.k.a. Frank Nitty, a.k.a. Young Sick, a.k.a. Uh, a brother in Christ. Thank you, bro, for, for doing this. Thank you for um, blessing us with your time on, on Easter Sunday, away from your family. Thank you for, uh, for coming yeah. through and kicking it with us. Hey, you know what? Masala. I just want to say God bless you guys, too. God, God bless you, Carlo. Uh, nice to meet you. And yeah. Jonathan, boy, I'm just I'm actually blessed to be part of this podcast, man. And thank you. You know, it's been a blessing, bro. And uh, I like, definitely want to, you know, we can do another one and continue. That's fine, too. Whatever you want, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate uh, you guys. God bless you guys. OK. And because and, uh, I want to I want to. Tell the listeners what you're doing now, what you're up to now, but we're running out of time. But yeah, we definitely will have a part two and we'll yeah, talk yeah. about that. We'll talk about that later. So Jonathan will reach out to you so we can schedule it. <laughs> so this is yeah. for Christy Cultura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And uh season three is here. Please subscribe, leave a comment. You could leave a voicemail at 775-391-0704. I think I got that number right. But if not, it's in our description. You can leave a voicemail and we will play it. So we have got a voicemail coming up next 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 episode. Because I totally Don't forget it. to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Alright. For Crazy Cultura. Peace. Peace. Like a sad, stay it in my lane, chrome pipes on the rag. Main do that thing look nice when it drag. Known to bail out and bring Christ to the air. Throwing up the mob through the hood when I surf. They know I rep God, but I'm good in the turf. I ain't the same gangster that stood for the curse. And that standpoint is understood to the earth. I'm still from the street, though, tell from the swag. My blood runs deep, it ain't never been a fad. Yeah, I used to creep with a beretta in a bag. Now I seek peace and keep the weather at the pad. No politics gon' define how I G was confined Now I'm free, I was blind, now I see I'm a Oak Park minister, the Oak Park hood And my Oak Park business is doing Oak Park good Let's take a ride, then you will see Why you do you and why I do me I'ma be from the hood to the day I'm gone If I'm doing right, ain't nothing wrong Let's take a ride, then you will see Why you do you and why I do me